At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey guys, welcome to another fun and fantastic. Is it going to be fantastic, Nathan? It is going to be fantastic. You know why it's fantastic? Because mm. everybody loves winners and losers. That's right. And so f- this week, we're going to go over a list of uh, winners and losers for 2022. Uh, these are automakers that sell here in the United States, so there's not going to be anything, you know, Bristol or anything like that. It's not going to be in there. Um, and we're going to cover those vehicles based on the ones that we like and the ones that we may not like so much. Yeah, Basically, you know, we're going to pick the ones that really resonate with buyers, the Mm -hmm. ones that are selling like hotcakes, and the ones that maybe aren't resonating so much because, well, it's that time of year when we pick winners and losers, and that's our job as reviewers, isn't it? It is indeed. But speaking of reviewers, I wanted to ask you a question. There's a new car show on TV where a dude caters to the rich, buys some Lamborghinis and Bugattis and stuff like that. Have you seen that show? No. What's it called? I don't know. Really? I, sh- I shut it off so quickly I didn't catch the title. <laughs> you know, normally I don't like to criticize other auto shows that are out there unless they're horrific. And this was terrible. Everything about it was fake. And I honestly, I didn't catch the name. I, the, the Cars I, for the Rich or I, something. I got to say, I've kind of given up on like uh, most of the uh, Motor Trend stuff because it's the same formula. It's so formulaic. There, there's got to be more in the car world than just finding old heaps and fixing them up, especially if those heaps are only 60s or early 70 muscle cars, right? And that, that like, hard da, 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 music Yeah, playing. well, that's not, my problem is, is that it's it's always the same thing where you have the confessional where the guy's like, you know, hey, I told him not to do it, and then all of a sudden they'll get to the scene where something explodes, which is cool once or twice, but when you do it 50 times again and again and again and again and again, and you have nothing new that's coming out with the content, it does get a little bit old, and I just switch the channel. And you know what? It's funny because, like, custom cars, right, mm. are just a very small part of the automotive, uh, let's call it pie. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's a little tiny slice, and yet that's all of 
motor trend. It's all people doing custom work on cars. But I, I don't. I, I got to tell you, I don't care. Yeah, but but I some people do. I mean, it, it does well. I actually enjoy some of it. I like some of the topics. It's just yeah. once again, it's a little formulatic. I, and dude, that's why I cared like twenty years ago when the, when the first one I saw. Right, but yeah. how, how many like how many vehicles can you take and you know put audacious colors on and put crazy leather in and put like humidors in the glove box and you know cigars that, that come well, flying out I, I like the cigar part actually but you, but you see what I'm saying I know, I know exactly what you're saying but that, and then my point goes on top of that as well which is it's all the same the, stuff the, the recipe is sort of the same and it yeah. just kind of keeps circulating I wanted to let you know what happened though uh, when I, this show I shut off immediately in other car shows I made the mistake of walking in to uh, the TV room where my wife was and you know Men, we watch shows that have guts flying and cars exploding and stuff and humans with or without clothes. And it's like, you know, something that she doesn't like. I go walking in and I'm walking past and I'm hearing screaming, yelling, and cursing, blood curdling. Mm -hmm. Blood curdling. I turn and there is a woman on the TV, giant TV, covered in blood and like placenta and baby and being dragged off. And it's like, oh my God. God, is this one of those worse mur murder shows? No, it's the one with the girls who wear the red and you know they're. Um, uh, you need to get the name of these things. I know, I'm really bad at that. <laughs> I hit my head really hard like this weekend, so I think if you're gonna like, yeah, it's, like it's, if we're gonna do movie critiques, we need that's the name not of the a movie, movie critique. That's the whole point is that if I don't remember, <laughs> then they can't really yell at me. But you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, and um, yeah, it was it, it's oriented toward and I'm just like my wife. Look, Honey, my, my, my I, wife, I watch Alien, and it's not as scary as my, this. My wife has gotten into those shows where they, you know, the husband kills the wife. Cause it's always the husband, probably true that. Oh, like true crime. Yeah, things. she loves that yeah. stuff. Yeah, and I. Can't, That's great before bed. I can't, I can't stand that. I just it's once again just like the car shows. They're all the same, right? Like it's obvious the husband murdered her, and then you got this like police investigation that was somehow you know flubbed up, and then they go into the details, and then they could it be, or maybe it wasn't. At or the last moment, right. more yeah, evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Just, it's so, it's so like formulaic, and I guess that's what TV is. But that's why I like like podcasts and YouTube, where people are actually doing stuff that's way out of the box. I really enjoy you know something, or or you know, there's like I said, there's so many slices of pie in the automotive world. There's classic vehicles, right? Mm -hmm. Do something that doesn't involve 60s muscle cars. How about that? How about that's a good start? Just don't do 60s muscle muscle cars because unless you're like between the age and we are that age, but I don't give a rat's ass. I'm sorry about 60s muscle car muscle I, cars. I, I, I do. You do? Yeah, I love really? them. But I also love 30s cars. I love cars yeah, over the 20s. I like them problematic. all. Well, because that was your high school. But the point is, is that <laughs> during my life, you know, having a 1932 Graham Court is like the coolest car ever. That's a whole different podcast that I'll probably do with Tom yeah, right. because he can appreciate it. All right, it. We're, we're kind of going down the wrong Yeah, we're thing. going down the wrong rails. But, but anyway. Way, let me tell you one more thing. I just okay. came off of a program where I drove the Outlander. Uh, and it's a really good car. I think what, what It's going to be on this list. Yeah, what we're finding out uh, is that maybe the auto manufacturers have have delved too quickly and too deeply into the EV world. And so there's a lot of pushback coming from people mm -hmm. who don't want uh, to, you know, charge their car at a Electrify America. Right, right. Well, they don't want to go full EV. They, they'd rather so, have a step between. So, so the plug-ins are becoming really popular right now. I think they should be. You know, be that the Jeep 4xe products or this new Outlander. Except there was two confounding things on the car. Okay. And, and I like the car, so don't get me wrong. We actually got And once to, again, it's on this list. Yeah, all TFL, my review will be up there. We got to go take it into the mud. Are you allowed to fun. talk about this now? Because is there a, a embargo? embargo? It, it ended this morning. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So I like the car a lot. We actually took it on the track, which was really cool to take a, 
you know, crossover on the track. Mm -hmm. But there were two confounding things that I didn't get. First and foremost, you'll appreciate this because you have this car. Guess what the charger is? It's one of the few plug-in hybrids that has rapid charging, DC fast charging. But yeah. guess what the standard is? Oh, oh no, they're using the... Chatamo. Uh, Chatamo. They're, they're not Chattamo. using the... The same one that the Leaf oh, uses. but you know why? Because it's... Uh, it's Japanese. Pulling, yeah, and they're pulling it off the parts bin in order to make it less expensive. I, I, so it comes directly from the Leaf. I, I don't know. But Chatamos uh, are, are at Electrify America's. Not all of them, but some of them. They're going away? Yeah, they are going They're on. replacing all their stations, and except for California, where they mandated it, uh, Chattamo is you know is going into the into the history bin so, with Betamax and all the yeah, other stuff. Yeah, Chattamo was one of the first popular, I would say, uh, fast chargers for you know th something other than so the I, Tesla. So I'd understand. Yeah, I mean, I get that they have a partnership with Nissan, and Nissan is you know still using Chattamo, but I, I don't, it's a Japanese thing. There are like five standards in the world now, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and Chattamo was a Japanese one, but in most of the world. We're going to CCS, and Tesla has their own proprietary standard, yeah. but that's a whole different thing. The other thing I didn't like about it, and this was really strange, right? Yeah. Uh, they don't do creep. I mean, they, they don't do nod and creep. So what I love about electric cars is that you can like go to the stoplight and just stop and not have your foot on the brake pedal. They purposefully gave it creep because they thought people would be more comfortable with it, and then they were very proud of that. And I'm like, why are you proud of something that every car has? Wouldn't you be proud of something that's new and innovative? Well, I think part of that is that they didn't have too much to tout, so that was just one of the extra little things. So we have tout. creep like every other new car. Yeah, okay, but, you know, look, we still see on stickers where it says, power windows. <laughs> I mean, isn't that ABS? I know, I know but it's like, it's you like, know, I mean, it's like they, were, they were like, hey, uh, a lot of the people here aren't ready for electrification, and, you know, creep is one of the things that... Uh, getting rid of it is one of the things that's like a highlight of electrification where you don't, and I love it. I've just learned to love that kind of one pedal driving style mm -hmm. and the fact that you pull up to stop and you don't have to have your foot planted firmly on the brake. You can just sit there and relax and listen to, in my case, what do you think? What's 1930s music that you're going to make well, fun of me? Well, you, I was going to, you know, not cool. Big band music? Yeah, so something <laughs> like that. But no, I mean, well, if you're thinking creep, you could go to the 90s and do Radiohead. That's a really good song. Um, but okay, I, that's a good show, by the way. I, I think it's on Netflix, uh, the music of the James Bond film. That's a good documentary. I haven't seen that yet, but it looks really interesting. Yeah, I've seen I the just, previews. I just saw it this weekend. Yeah, really yeah, I'm looking forward to that. If you love James Bond. Which you, you do. And you love, you know, the, the, you know all the music that, that is associated Most with Most of these it. people do. Yeah, then that's a really interesting, interesting show because it, it ties together the bonds with the music, with the score for the for the movie, and it all brings it together, and you understand like how innovative and unusual that was. Almost every single, not all, but almost every single James Bond movie had a memorable soundtrack. And you know that classic, uh, well, I'll give it away, I don't care. You know that classic James Bond theme? dun 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 yeah. dun That's actually very like Indian-inspired, like sitar-inspired, believe it or not. Like, okay. That started out like written for the sitar and Indian music, and then it got transferred into that kind of funky James Bond. Well, whatever theme. works. It works, I still, know. I still do that. Okay, so real quick, real quick story, real quick, before I get to this yeah. list. All right. So what it was about eight years ago, we had uh, the um, Audi A8. Yep. Okay. And I brought it home and I got to take my wife out to a really nice at night. Okay. And I'm dressed to the nines. She's dressed to the nines. I'm in an Audi. And we go to a uh, far too expensive restaurant and we went to see a show. And my wife finally goes like on our way home and the kids are out of the house, which is awesome. Why do you keep doing the James Bond theme? 
and I didn't realize I was doing it. It was a play like in your head, like yeah, because I was getting out of the car, and then I was going, you know, just like. But I thought I was like not even in earshot. So yeah, I would. But that's how James Bond works. It's just like that's a classy, awesome dude, and I'm I was for a minute. So I just okay. We've gone way off the tracks. Let's get to this list because the car he just talked about is actually on this list, and there's a lot of others. But we're going to start off with a problem. Okay, what's the problem? Problem is Acura. Okay, Acura, and this is alphabetical order. So, I probably so, screwed up somewhere. So we're going to be picking winners and losers, and these are in our opinion. So you know, some of them may be sales winners, but we think they're still duds. The, but that, and that's in light of the actual auto manufacturer. So there's going to be a couple where it's like, well, it's they're still really good cars. But here's the problem. All right. So what's the that, problem with Acura? Okay, Acura is there, that they there is no dud. There's no loser. They, the, all their new lineup is fantastic. Uh, the the Integra, the TSX, fantastic. But here's the loser. They got rid of the the oh, uh, NSX. NSX yes. Is gone. Good point. And it's so so it's it's you, you can't get one. They're gone. They're gone. They're done. And that's a shame. And, and, and you know the S, right? That sold out in oh, like a heartbeat. Because it was awesome. I know. That's the car they should have built, oh, I don't know, five years ago. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of following in the footsteps, and I hate to say this, of the Viper, right? Where mm. toward the end of the run, right, they, they did that ACR that like everybody wanted. And right. Initially, nobody wanted it. And now you've got this NSX S type, right, which is fantastic, so sells out, they build a limited amount, and maybe that just, maybe that shows that they didn't market it correctly, I don't oh, know. Oh, everything was script, well, remember how long the rollout was with that, yeah, and it they, was, it was, they promised the car, and they just kept having problems. Well, there, that, were, there were three hypercars, right, and theirs came out last. Yes, and also, that electrification. and they could have, they could have dominated the segment and said, you know, hey, we were first, we have this. Uh, but what a wonderful car, and what a shame they're getting rid of it. Next one on the list is Audi, and the positive, the plus, the one that we all like is the one that's right behind me. And if you can't see it, that's the e-tron GT. Why? Because it's stupid sexy. I agree. I couldn't agree it more. It is one of the best-looking cars Audi has designed, and it shows promise so, in what is otherwise a very dull lineup. So, so here's – this actually points to a trend in the automotive world, and that is – uh, and we, got, we went away for, for a long time because it basically didn't work, right? And yeah. That's badge engineering, right? So this is a case of badge engineering that, that really works well because of the price point. So, of course, that is based on a Porsche Taycan. Yeah. So you're getting a Porsche Taycan, and because it's an Audi, it has to be all-wheel drive. Yes. So you're getting a cheaper version of the all-wheel drive Porsche Taycan as an Audi e-tron GT. Which I think, frankly, looks better. And probably looks better, especially yeah. with that blacked-out uh, front. Just extraordinary. So, so, so that's a case where, like, the, the smart people, they know that underneath it's the same chassis, it's the same tuning, basically, as a Taycan. Mm -hmm. So in case, you know, instead of spending a lot more money on a Taycan, you can get a Taycan cheaper, but it's only the rear-wheel drive. So if you want the four-wheel drive, go for the Audi. All-wheel drive with the Audi, but... But th th there's a downside to badge engineering. Which is also the the, the regular e-tron, the one that you dislike. The e-tron Q4. Right, the Q4, which is based essentially on the Volkswagen ID4. Four, yeah, so now you're getting a kind of, a, and I hate to say this, but it's true, if you're being kind, it's, you know, an Audi version of the ID4. If you're not, it's a tarted up version of the, <laughs> of the ID4. That, that's another way to say it. it Essentially, really you are paying a lot more money for the Audi badge and, and a nicer looking interior, frankly. Right, but it's the same, once again, it's the same chassis, and we know it's got problems with infotainment, and you're, you're sharing the infotainment as well. That's precisely it. So let's move on to BMW. Uh, now, Bentley was on here, but it, we've only driven the Bentayga, and so the Bentayga is great, and it's bad at the same time. Why? Because the Bentley should never be off-road. Okay, let's move on. 
Uh, BMW. Um, I put on here the i4. As the winner. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, extraordinary car. Uh, built on the same plant in the same line as the regular uh, 4 Series. But this one has a battery in it. And when you drive it, nobody can really tell unless you're right behind it and can't hear an exhaust note. But it drives like a BMW, and yet it's, it's all one, electric. It's one of the few electric cars, along with Audi and the Taycan, that actually drive differently than most electric cars. It actually agree, has yeah. like a personality. It, it really does. And it, it you do feel like you're driving a BMW, which means that it's a car that can perform. And, and what, what does that mean, personality? Let, let's break it down. Yeah. It's got, you know, it's got, it's got that classic BMW uh, driving feel of having, you know, great throttle tip in, really responsive steering, uh, you know, 50-50 weight distribution, uh, uh, strong braking. You know, it loves to dance, in other words. It, it goes where you think it should go. Yeah, it, like, it, it becomes like hardwired to your brain. Right, and, and that's not the case and, with a lot of electric cars. And it does a good job in hiding its weight because it's heavy. Oh, it is heavy, yeah. yeah. I be Believe me, I, you know, speaking for heavy people, I know it. But speaking of heavy and bloated and something that I really personally dislike, but I don't know where you are on this, the BMW X4. Okay, um, X4 is kind of a weird size. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't understand its purpose. I know the Germans like, well, everybody wants the coupe because the coupe has to look, and the look is what you want. No, the thing is, is that it absolutely takes away the utility of what is a regular crossover. And so the X5 makes a lot of sense. The X4 makes no sense to well, me. I at think all. I think you're there, kind of with all of them, right? The X2 is, yep. is there as well, right? Um, and where where you take a vehicle, and this is a thing that the Germans love to do, and you take a vehicle that's basically a sports utility vehicle, but they call it a sports activity vehicle. So Whatever. Let's go beyond that, right? Uh, and then you, you, you take the utility out of it yeah. to make it look cool. And I'm like, if you're going to do that, just get yourself a, a sedan. Well, and not only that, but I mean, if you have tall kids, which a lot of Germans are, they can't fit in the back seat once they grow past a certain height. So X3, great. X5, great. X7, great. X2, X4, I don't get them. Yeah, that's exactly. Okay, thank you. So we're on the X6 same page. as well. Yeah, it just doesn't, the shape doesn't make a lot of sense. And I know some people are like, well, it's more aerodynamic, bro. Really? Well, I, mean, I, th I think, I think the. You're giving up a lot of utility for aerodynamics. Yeah, I think like, it's like empty nester, right? So you're like this cool, chic Munchener, a Munich resident, right? And, uh -huh. and you don't need the utility because the kids are gone. So you want the, you know, the, the, the higher riding position and the kind of the coolness of a crossover slash SUV. But you also want to be kind of, you know party and back so that you chop it down, not vertically, but kind of at an angle to give it more of a sporty stance. I just, and I agree. I, if you can, then does that mean that you're one of these like, you know, empty nesters, you never have to like go antiquing and move a lot of stuff. I mean, you, right? At some point, you're going to want that extra space. Yeah. Or you throw your, you know, cooler friends in there. They're going to exactly. want the headroom. Well, yeah. Hey, Hans, you Schreiner Hunza, why did you put me in this vehicle? I cannot fit in the back. Okay, so we agree on that. Uh, the next one on the list is, uh, oh, sorry, Buick. Um, Buick doesn't have a lot, but there are a couple things to look at. So the Encore GX, that's their new, essentially the replacement for the Encore, and it's actually a pretty good little vehicle. It's got some nice comfort. It's, you know, very affordable, very affordable, wow, decent all-wheel drive. Buick, but I, their whole brand has been lost. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's, it's, it, like, it's like a remnant of whatever they don't sell in China. Uh, it, to a certain degree. But yeah. then on the list for the negative is the regular Encore, which is going away. The regular Encore, there's nothing wrong with it, really. It's just it, they're, 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 they don't feel quite as tight and it, awesome it, 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 as Buick used to feel. 
to me, I know this is my guilty pleasure, the brand died when it got rid of the Cascada. Uh, yeah, that is a I guilty pleasure. I, I actually, when they got rid of the uh, Regal, the Regal, I love the, the Regal, the Regal, Regal wagon. Oh my god, I love that wagon. But I really love the the the, the version that had the um, manual transmission with the turbo engine. That was so much fun. It's, and it, how about the Murano? Would you like that? The Angry Bird car. It's funny when we're bemoaning the fact that they got rid of the rebranded Opals. <laughs> yeah, well, the Verona was was also basically just a Chevrolet, and it didn't really feel that special. But the point is, is that. Um, they have some new cars on the horizon. They are trying to redefine themselves, but they don't sell cars anymore. And Buick yeah. sells only crossovers. And they're also struggling in China now. So uh, a little bit. Uh, they're still their sales are still I mean, quite high, but I mean, they're dropping a bit. There has been no noise of, of losing that brand, but I could see that brand. You know, in the states maybe, but yeah. I, I, not in China. I, still I think selling. if it wasn't for China, it'd be it'd be gone. I Along would, with Oldsmobile, you well, know. Oldsmobile has been long gone. So has Pontiac. Yeah. Uh, next one on is another GM is Cadillac. Now, um, I haven't driven very many Cadillacs this year personally, but I did drive the Escalade. Yeah, actually, Escalade CTV. Oh, oh my God! God. Yeah. Holy cow! Mm. What an angry, useless, wonderful vehicle. The, guy, the guys at the Auto Blog, uh, he said that, and I agree. I forget who it was. One of their one of their podcasters uh-huh. said that that should have been the engine that it actually came with from the start. Yes. Like that should be the only engine that they ever offer. In well, no, I, 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 w- I would agree that it's one of the engines that should a have come with it. 600 horsepower V8 out of the yeah, vet. Well, I, but I really do like the diesel. I drove the Escalade with the diesel. I thought it was fantastic. But anyway, regardless of that, it, it's still it, it's Cadillac's best effort. I don't like the looks of it. I'm sorry. Some of you guys go ahead and yell. I, I'm just not really hip to the looks. But the performance, the interior of it, extraordinary. So... On that same line, the XT5 doesn't make any sense to me at all. It doesn't really fit in the lineup. Um, the XT4 makes sense because that's their entry-level Cadillac, basically, right? But then the XT5 kind of sits in this ether where it doesn't quite compete with the Lexus GX and some of those other ones. Yeah, I, I would. They, you know I, what I mean? I would GX. say that the one that is replacing it and the one that is also winner is the Lyric. The Lyric uh, is the, interesting. The all-electric all one is kind of going to take the place of the. I figured you were going to say that, yeah. but I I just don't know anything about the lyric other than yeah, what I've I, read. I got to drive it. I thought it was really good. Um, you know, it's what once again electric vehicles, especially for brands like Rolls Royce and Cadillac, bring what the brand has always promised, which is silent, mm. luxury, and you know, incredible power. power exactly. Yeah. And uh, why Rolls Royce doesn't have an EV or why it took them this long to build it is also kind of a head scratcher, but at least with the Lyric, and they're slowly starting to roll them out. Cadillac's got something that can be the next generation of Cadillac. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking once again of General Motors, the next one on the list is Chevrolet, and no doubt, the Corvette. Yeah, no doubt. Cor- Corvette. I mean, there's just, nope. And we've gotten uh, word that uh, leaks are starting to happen with the hybrid version of the Corvette. Yeah, the We're E-Ray. Gonna... That, right. that, that, that broke cover last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, obviously I would go for the Z06 at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I would think that's going to be uh, you know the one that everybody wants. Uh, they're still, what is it, three years now down the road, they're still... Base Corvettes are still selling over sticker. Yep. So that tells you that they've hit the right um, chord with Corvette buyers. Uh, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, the Corvette just uh, is a world-class car that, like, the Europeans are going to hate because they love to hate um, ca- love to hate our sports cars, right? And to them, the Cadillac. What am I Cadillac? talking about? Cadillac? Corvette? The Corvette. Yeah, I'm still thinking about the Cadillac. Did you take a Geritol today? I must have forgotten. Okay. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 the Chevy 
uh, has always been kind of this lowbrow, like muscle car, non-sports car, crappy interior. Yeah, you know, we find this vehicle exactly. to be unsophisticated and uncouth. And, 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 they, and like they can't get their minds around the fact that the new C8 Corvette is as good as any Ferrari, as any Porsche yeah. for Let's face it, a third of the price. A third of the price. And we're about to get an all-wheel drive version, which is going to be just a a freaking game changer. And they're they're still like, no, no, no. It's the Brits. It's the German. Any European. You you know, I I watch a lot of YouTube comparisons and uh, car reviews, and very few actually are brave enough, or maybe they can't get the car to actually put up a Corvette against a Ferrari. I would love to do it. I think they're, they're, they're habit a couple. Yeah, but it's not like they're not rushing to do it. You would think that they would do it like, hey, you could get this Ferrari beater for you know 100000 versus 400000 Yeah. That seems like a pretty good Oh, the, the Corvette's a bargain any way you look at it. But uh, anyway, so that's the positive. The negative is the current Chevy Blazer. Mm. I'm very disappointed with everything they did with that, um, the, the way they talked about it, the way they touted it, and then bringing it out. Almost all of you guys are like, dude, Ford brought out a Bronco and made it off-road worthy, even the Bronco Sport. Here's Chevy at the exact same time bringing out what is essentially a tall wagon. It's, it's a lost opportunity. It, they totally blew it. They could have gone. It's not a bad vehicle. Yeah. It's just a it's, a it's a blown opportunity. It's exactly right, Roman. They could, have, they could have gone, you know, and leaned into their heritage and came out with this Bronco fighting, uh, tall, big-shouldered, you know, square-jawed oh. off-roader. Instead, they built, you know, they, they took the name and they – they, they kind of flushed it down the toilet, for us car enthusiasts at least. They want, well, what they wanted, and they, they hinted towards this, is like the Camaro version of, a, of an SUV or a crossover. And they kind of sort of made it look a little bit like that. But frankly speaking, it just doesn't really tick any boxes, and it's not very competitive. It's an okay vehicle to drive, but it just isn't. And, and surprisingly, the Trailblazer, the smaller one, is actually pretty good. It's a good little. It's a I good was thinking about guy. it for this list, but it's fantastic. We're only picking one, so that's why we didn't put it in there. And the other one that we will let you and Andre talk about, of course, is a new Colorado. I think that's going to be a winner as well. Oh, I agree with you. And that we will hit that very that's soon, on the actually. Truck podcast, yeah, right? truck podcast for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one on the list is, well, it's pretty easy. It's from Chrysler. So there's only two cars to choose. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say, in, in terms of popularity and in terms of, you know, <laughs> keeping them afloat, so it's going to be so the wait, Pacifica. Hold on, hold on, yeah, uh, one winner, one loser, right? Yeah, that's so Chrysler 300 or Pacifica. Which right. of those two is the winner? So the Pacifica is the winner, and, and then the 300 is the loser. Although the 300 does have this new SRT version. SRT, which is finally coming back but out, but only Hellcat, for one year. They didn't put the Hellcat into it. I know. I'm a little disappointed uh, about that, too. So, uh, But we're not going to dwell, we're because, not gonna dwell on... People are wondering why. They said they're production constrained. Yeah. I'm not sure, I'm not sure about yeah, that. Yeah, but regardless, it's still pretty cool that they're at least bringing that back. But nonetheless, I think that in terms of sales, in terms of customer appreciation of the brand Chrysler, they really like the Pacifica. And I would agree with them. Actually, the Pacifica is pretty damn Look, good. Any, any vehicle that's been around for more than 10 years is probably not going to win the, <laughs> the winner award. Yeah, well, you know, they, they, they've managed to sort of, I don't know, somehow keep it going. Now, speaking of keeping it going, Dodge. Now, Dodge only has three vehicles, really. Yeah. You know, the Challenger, the Durango, and the Charger. Yeah. Now, I was going to put the Durango on here because you know I love the SRT. Right. I mean, I just adore it. And they're bringing it back as well. They are bringing With it back. With the power plant. In- indeed. But just because it's not out yet, currently what's out is the Challenger and the Charger. So... I put the Challenger because I just think it's you know, stupid sexy. You know how early I said I hate muscle cars? 
from yeah. the 70s. I love muscle cars from like the 2000s, right? So Yeah, the new ones. The new know. ones, yeah. I love the Hellcats. I love the new Mustangs. I'm just sick and tired of like, okay, I know the Barracuda was the greatest ever, but you know, I, I was, I was, I know Nathan thinks I'm older than that, but I was, I was just way too young to be, you know, appreciating those cars. So to me, they never resonate whatsoever. Yeah. And, and what resonates with me are those crappy '70s, you know, muscle cars that went from 400 horsepower to 40 because of emission. <laughs> yeah, practically. I well, I grew up in the '70s and the '80s, and so when I was going to high school, a lot of those crappy '60s cars. Were affordable. Or, or great. Yeah, they're affordable, and guys are driving them around yeah. and blowing them up left and right. It was great. My, my so, best friend had a Barracuda when I was at CU. Yeah. And they were and, cheap. Yeah, back then, they were. And yeah. it's, just, of they course, cool. hindsight. I wish I would have stored some of these. I worked at a place where I could have got, literally grabbed them and hid them somewhere. But now they just become like, they, they become all like overdone. And, and you know, I, I watch. One like, million dollars for the Barracuda. Yeah, I watch all those. That's another thing I'm tired of. Enough of the auctions, guys. Oh, really. Enough tired. of the auctions. Jesus, it's the same car over and over well, and over. I, I have no problem with that. I just want to see the car. I'm not interested in some lady standing next to a guy going, he's going to buy it. No, are you going to buy it? He's going to buy it. I don't care about the dude. Just show me the car. And then, and then they're also, let's face it, right? The commentators. They never tell you the mileage because they know that that would be like the most important factor that you would then judge it on. Those auctions are also alcohol fueled, right? So they're a bunch of old guys, like you know. A lot of them are old dudes. Who are, I mean, who, I, I, know, I'm who had, let's face it, a few too many drinks, right? And then mm-hmm. you got the you got the auctioneer who you can't understand. And after like, oh god, that gets so annoying. After like eight hundred thousand dollars for a Mustang too. That's I mean, a lot. Hey, too much about, whiskey. You know, that, you know what I mean? Uh, well, just, I, I grew up in auctions. And, I know. And then let's face it, the yeah. commentators. And if you guys you know are listening to this. You know, it would be much more interesting and much more entertaining, from my point of view at least, if you were honest about the car, right? Not about how great it is and how wonderful the, the, the renovation is and how unusual it is because it was one of 400 made with, you know, this color vinyl top. How don't you be honest about it? Like, hey, I just saw this car go over the block two weeks ago and it sold for $40,000 less. Somebody's making a boatload of money. Wouldn't that be interesting? I like the commentation based on what the car is and the facts, and I like to hear about that. And I agree with your side but as well. But wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to see like a, actually? A I, I, w- I want the real thing on the car, both sides of it. Yeah, like like you know, prices of these cars are never going down; they're always going up, Nathan. But but what are you, a lot of you guys okay, real quick. What a lot of you guys don't know is that a lot of VIN numbers don't necessarily check out. So when it says mun- numbers matching and all that stuff, that's huge. Often you won't hear them say that, and so I want to know why. You know, how much BS is going into this car? How much, you know, it, was this car really worth $300,000 when they finished building it? No, it was worth $30,000. You know? They were like, oh, my God, you sucker just bought. <laughs> oh, I know. And that's that would be great. They should have some dudes, like some old stoners hanging out going, oh, my God, dude, you oh, you got screwed as the car drives or, or, off. Or better yet, like people who really know the cars who are like, oh, that that company, man, they, they do a spit and shine. <laughs> Who's the two angry Muppets on, on the old Muppet show? Yeah, that would be you know? <laughs> yeah, like two you. real cranky guys. Two cranky guys. <laughs> ah, you, you got screwed, son. All right, let's move on to speaking of screwed. <laughs> Um, Fiat. Uh, they, like there's only one car. They in. sell one car right now. Is that now. a winner and a loser? It is exactly that. And that's the Fiat 500X. Um, I, I actually don't think it's a terrible car if you need a cheap all-wheel drive thing that's kind of unique. Well, but we, there's, it doesn't do anything really special. We know the 500E is coming. Yes. Eventually. Eventually the 500E is coming. Now, here's the rumor. Fiat's going to turn into like a branch of Stellantis with all these little affordable, quote-unquote, 
electric vehicles. And if they manage to pull that off, good for them. Maybe they can actually start selling cars again in the States. What if you were a dealer and you spent like a thousand, no, not a thousand, a million dollars building a Fiat uh, separate dealership and you're like, you know, it's like one car sitting there yeah, and, and one more coming. Well, what you've done is you replace the sign and then you put, well, you couldn't put Chrysler because you're not going to sell anything. So Dodge or Ram or Jeep. You turn it into a Jeep dealership. Or Ram. Or, yeah. yeah, maybe Alfa Romeo. That's, that's what you would do. Now, uh, next on the list, now this... We did forget Alfa Romeo, by the way. Uh, we did, but because Alfa really... Well, you know what? We did. Okay, real quick on Alfa Romeo. There's a, uh, the Julia. I would go for that over the over the uh, SUV. You don't like the Stelvio? I like the Julia. With the Quattrofolio? I like the Quattrofolio Julia. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to argue. We just had it. It was great. It's really good. Yeah, so, it's really good. I, I mean, it's just, it brings back the reason why I love sports sedans. Yeah. And you forget until you jump one and you actually do it. But it's still something that I, I wouldn't necessarily... We had the Silvio. It was fine, too. It, it definitely uh, a unique flavor of crossover. But, you know, if you're going to go for one, I'd go for, it, Alfa Romeo especially, I would go for the, the sports sedan. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, what else you got there? Uh, so Genesis. Yes. Yes. What about Genesis? Uh, so Genesis has actually a pretty good size looking fleet right now. Um, I'm going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but the GV series, fantastic. Yeah, I agree. All of them. Yeah. They're All just, they're just uh, you know, I, I just did a, a review or first look at the uh, new um, EV. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Yeah. That's, really that's what good. I'm hearing. Yeah. And Pretty much, they... And even the sedan is really good. Well, see, that's the thing. So the, all of their sedans are great, but I'd say the weakest link amongst all of them is their big sedan that Tommy recently reviewed. Really? Yeah. You like the look of it? Yeah, no, I think it looks just fine. There's a certain... Tommy didn't like the way it drove. He felt that it was, it just didn't feel quite as luxurious. The, the, the thing about the big sedan, right, and I, I don't know, I, I should know what it is. I don't know the, the name nicolature, right? The, the name, yeah. The 90, yeah. GV90. Uh, G90. G90, yeah. The, the issue I had with it uh, is that, of course, they're going after the S-Class mm -hmm. and the 7 Series. For a lot less money. For a lot less money, but nobody's buying the S-Class or the 7 Series. So you're kind of in a world that is, uh, you know, slowly contracting versus expanding. And so it's, it's hard for me to get excited about that car because I'm like, uh, it just doesn't resonate with people. And, it, and, and my job is to kind of figure out what resonates and what doesn't resonate. Worldwide, I think it'll have sales. United States not going to sell. Maybe you're right. Yeah, you know, and that that's part of it. Um, I mean, do people are like like modern executives still like driving these big ass sedans? And yeah, in I, China they are. Okay. Oh, they're huge. I mean, I, I, I'm thinking like if you're uh, successful and you want to show it, you'll drive a G wagon or a Maybach or a, uh, or an X7 as opposed to mm. you know a seven series. No, or fi Xbox. Fiat 500X. <laughs> yes, <Fiat> because <laughs> then you're a baller. Nobody <laughs> would be like, dude, what type of guy drives that? All right, moving on to Honda, and um, this was a tough one for me in terms of what the real positive because I really like the new Civic and I really like the design of the new Accord. Okay, I think they both like just home runs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going to go with the Accord. I just fell in love with that. Yeah, one. It, it really is just a great looking yeah, car. Not the really, current one, the new one. Yeah, the, the new one that's yeah, coming out that's that coming yeah, up, we yeah. just recently tested. Um, but the HRV is a bit of a disappointment, and it's it's bigger. It's better in terms of its comfort. It handles better. It's got a little bit more power. Not as efficient as the old one, and it's not as unique as the old I'm one. I'm with you. I think I think they're actually Honda's kind of along with Acura now getting their mojo back, and so the new Pilot, mm -hmm. that excellent, just, that was really good, especially making it more off-road worthy. Mm -hmm. um, the new Accord. Uh, I'm a little disappointed with the styling of the Type R. I think it's a little too. They they they, they didn't 
quite like get the get, hit the right styling. I watched a review of, by the way, mm-hmm. on Top Gear. Chris Harris did it. It was really lame. And, and like out of the three guys, oh, you he, mean the, the review was lame? Yeah, uh, yeah, not the no. car. Like out of the three guys, Chris Harris honestly is the only one I can understand. The other, ex, the other guys, well, he's also such, the only one who should be there. I'm sorry, but he's the only one who has the right like to. Like that be one there. dude, I think he's Welsh or something. I don't, I don't know, but I just don't understand him. I, I, when I have to turn the subtitles on to watch a show, I kind of mm-hmm. takes me out of it. Okay, and I know that like it's BBC, so they have to have demographics, yada yada yada. But if you're selling it to the rest of the world. You know. Anyway, so Chris Harris did this review, and he built a B road. So he said it's, it, it, you know, he had it on the airfield, and he was doing his Chris Harris thing, which is also getting a little old, sliding it around. Okay. Yeah. You know, it was new and fresh, like when he started doing it 20 years ago. It's still car porn when you watch it, and you see the thing come around a corner and tire smoking in slow motion. Well, he's a, uh, an excellent driver. But it's like Gymkhana. I've seen it so many times now. Uh, no, I get what you're saying, and want, certain cars really shouldn't I'm, be doing that. I want something fresh. Anyway, so it's, you know, so he did that, and he said, but really this thing needs to go on the B road. And then he, like, basically took one of those machines that lays down lines Mm-hmm. And created like a B road, which is a type of road in the UK, which I guess like a, for us it would be like a country road, right? Okay, okay. Uh, and then, you know, created it using those like line makers, right? And right. Drew, and it just was so lame. I was like, no, just take it on the B road. Why, well, why don't you just take, you know, you got like all the reviews are somewhere like in the countryside. I think it's uh, Wales. I think that's where they go to do those beautiful, you know, you know where you have like the sheep and then you have these yeah. like rolling hills. And yeah, if they kill like, a Welsh sheep, they're going to get a Welsh <laughs> guy with a shotgun in their head. Oh, or, or maybe the I Island Man. But, but why create a, you know, just go and go to the real thing. For because th- this is a producer thing. It's not their choice. This is a producer's. It's like, well, we need to do something unique. Let's do this. I mean, that, that they've been kind of second wind so, for so a while. Looked, you know what it looked like? Hmm. It looked like a guy racing a car around an airfield in between lines. And I was like, come on, really? Yeah, okay. And, and it, I, just, it just took me out of the hole. I can't, I, yeah. Gosh, I, I'm being critical of everybody else. Yeah, our ship must be, our stuff, sorry, must be really great. Yeah, yeah, our stuff sorry, is, guys. is fantastic, Roman. It's, it's really, really, <laughs> no, ours really is, good. Ours is just, we've it's done so some stinkers. good. Yeah. Oh, we've done some stinkers. Yeah, we, we certainly have. So, uh, and, you know, it's we're trying to be creative with, with our complimenting of others. And by the way, you know, say what you will, but my one thing about Top Gear both American and British. Replace everybody with actual journalists like they had before, because all those guys were journalists. Right, I'll give you a show I like. Okay. I, I don't want to be so negative. Mm. Flipping bangers. It's a it's a Motor Trend show where they get these. Two oh guys yeah 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 yeah. Who yeah. buy these? It's super, good. Who buy these super cheap well, like old cars that are barely running? You know, don't have an MOT, and then they try to you know in a week make them into something. Well, they that's can sell. similar to what uh, Mike Bauer was doing. Yeah, it's uh, like um, Wheeler, Wheeler, Wheeler. Wheeler. I like Wheeler Dealer. I mean, it's it, it goes hot and cold, but I really like. I like the idea behind it. So, flipping bangers. I okay. love that show. There you go. All right, let's continue to Hyundai. Okay. And um, what an amazing car that I got lucky enough to drive by accident, and that was the Elantra N. You want to talk about banger? That's a banger of a car, that is. A banger is a bad car. Banger's a good car. No, flipping bangers. Bangers are cars that are like at the bottom of the... Well, that, that's a different type of banger. <laughs> yeah. Trust me on this. <laughs> All right. British people, back me up. Um, Anyway, the, the Elantra N is just everything that everything else is no longer. You can get it with a manual <laughs> transmission, a really hot, it's like 270-something horsepower, uh, four-cylinder, proper turbo, great suspension. You know banger? Speaking of banging, hmm. you know what banging is, right? Uh, well, yeah. It's, it's no longer banging. It's, it's, it's smashing now. Oh, is it mashing? Smashing. Smash. Oh, smashing. Yeah, banging is old now. Smashing is in. So you can't be banging, you can be smashing. But I thought you could be smashing, Right. No, no, not like in looks. Like you're smashing your girlfriend or okay. wife or whatever. 
By the time you get to a wipe, you're probably not smashing. Welcome to TFL After Dark. <laughs> when we talk about banging and smashing. <laughs> so banging's the, out, smashing's in. That's, that's okay. And, so, and, and showing off is also out. That's out. You know that. Are they still fit and trim? And no, no, no. The word like showing off. Oh, or, showing or, off. Or, well, you know what the new word is? Hmm. Flex. Flex. Oh, well, yeah. Flex yeah. has been around for a while, though. Even Tommy says flex. So anyway, Elantra. And, and then unfortunately, the accent. And I don't like picking on really inexpensive cars. I, I'm a big proponent of cheap cars. But the accent hasn't changed in years. Not really. And they haven't done anything fun with it. So to me, it's kind of a shame that that's been just kind of left to linger. Yeah, um, there's, there's, it's hard to... It's hard to find any real losers in the Hyundai lineup. They really are kicking yeah. ass. Yeah, they yeah. absolutely are, and and good for them on on that. Um, well, I own one, but I, they didn't pay me to say that. It's as I said, they're Santa they're, Cruz. In case you're wondering, yeah, but, uh, which belongs on the truck list technically. Okay, Infinity. Oh, this is very different. Whoa, yeah, that's a brand that. Uh, mm. Ooh, that's a that's a whole show. There's one thing right now that's totally handicapping um, Infinity. You know what it is. No, what is it? Three letters. C V T. C V T. Yes. Continuously variable transmissions Gosh, that they're putting in their vehicles Nissan, are absolutely wrong. Nissan just keeps going down that road and everybody hates well, it. But that's the thing. They actually are on two of their vehicles, they don't do that. I know. And that one of their vehicles that I happen to like quite a bit, even though it's a more expensive Pathfinder, is the QX60. Now it's yes, it is a more expensive Pathfinder, but they did add a little bit more power, so it's got a little bit more oomph, and it has a remarkably nice interior, which is something Infinity's finally think, caught think, up. I think we should do a whole show on Infinity because you know, like we did well, what's happening with Jaguar, we could do the same thing on Infinity. I, I would agree. Um, Infinity needs needs help, and maybe they know this. Uh, they've been talking about t- taking their entire lineup and going all electric, and perhaps that's what will save them. But honestly. The fact is, is that all of their vehicles have something great about them, usually powertrain, until you get to that other part of the powertrain, which is the transmission. QX60 actually has the 9-speed, which is the same thing that's in the Pathfinder, and it's quite good. I also find the seating positions in Infinity hard for some reason. Uh, especially in the QX80. Mm-hmm. I don't find that that's their big SUV, and I, I'm not the, very comfortable the in it. positions it's are okay. weird. They're like you're sitting on top of the car, never like in the car. Yeah, well, actually, there is a car that you sit kind of in it, but unfortunately, it's on the not-so-good side of this list, and that's the <laughs> QX55. Once again, yeah. another vehicle that has a slanted back. The QX50 has a reg- it's a regular, basically a hatchback or a proper little it's, mini it's crossover. It's BMW 4, X4, 6, and I think it problem. looks really good, but it's useless. I think it looks way better than a BMW in that respect. The design is beautiful, but once again, CBT has this amazing turbo engine, extremely expensive, very powerful little engine, and absolutely useless transmission by comparison, so it's a real shame. Okay, moving on to vehicles that I'm be really surprised in 10 years if this brand is still around, Jaguar. Ooh. Or Jaguar. Um, my favorite is the F-Type. I know it's going to go away because God hates Jaguar. You know, the, the I think it's the, beautiful. The issue with the F-Type is that they brought it out as a sports car, and it's really more of a grand it tour. It is a grand tour. It's, and just, it's heavy, and it, you know, so if you, if you look at it as a grand tour, it's, like, outstanding. If you think of it as a sports car that rivals, like, you know, like a, what would be a, what would be a Porsche equivalent of it, like a Boxster, right? or even a 911 at that point? Or 911. The, the price yeah, point's getting. Yeah, hmm. then you're gonna, then you're probably dynamically, you're probably gonna be. Once again, Jaguar needed to differentiate themselves and say, no, we're not like any of those other ones. We're not gonna compete. Our car is unique. 
The one I actually like is the I-Pace, but it, it, it was kind of I didn't wrong time, wrong car, right car, Way ahead of time. its time. Yeah, way ahead of its way time. Way ahead of its and then time. They, then they completely flubbed like the marketing of it. Oh, my God. Everything, it's a real shame because... So that's a brand that could have built an entire brand on that I-Pace set. They'd taken the uh, chassis, right, and had like increased it in size and made it into a bigger car and a smaller car and a sports car. But they, boss man said no. They could have, yeah, they just lost their CEO. They could have, they could have ran with that and made, you know, an entire electrified Jaguar brand just on the chassis and the dynamics of the I pace. And then they just, I don't well, know. Well, speaking of pace, the negative I have on this list is the E and the F pace. I think the uh, F pace is okay, but the E pace is just weird. It, it, I, like, it, I well, so, first of all, it should be the E pace should be the I pace. It's it's wrong. The E pace should be electric one. But forget that. It's just this weird size, you know. It's just this kind of. That's kind of my problem with yeah, it. It's just it, it's too small for most people, and it's not. And and despite the fact that it's a Jaguar, cute. it should be a little bit sportier right out of the box. I mean, there's all these little limiting issues behind it, and I think that well, Jaguars kind of lost their way, and they're about to go to a point where they're not building cars anymore. And I don't want to live in a world where there's not a Jaguar sedan or a hot. You know, Cooper of something. I've, I've heard the guys that did a show on the intercooler. It's a British show about Jaguar, and they, they did something that really resonated with me. That seems to be the word of the day: resonate, huh? Yeah. Uh, and that is that Jaguar is at its best when it leads, and it's worst when it follows. And all these—that's a really good point. All these cars you're talking about are following. So Jaguar was like the first major manufacturer to put disc brakes on all four wheels, mm -hmm. right? Once again, leading. Uh, and when they lead, and then when they're innovative, like the I-Pace. Then they do really, really well when they follow, potentially well. and then try to basically make crossover versions of their, uh, you know, of their um, JLR Land Rover cousin. It doesn't work so well. Okay, so moving on to Jeep. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. Now, this has always been one of those things where it's very difficult. Jeep builds a lot of really good vehicles in terms of just what we like because I, we like off-roading. I'm going to go with any of their four by E's are really good. Yeah, the Wrangler four by E's. What the I have Grand on Cherokee, here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's the positive. The negative, in my mind, Cherokey. Nope. <laughs> they just, they just nope. idled the plant in Belvedere. Nope. Well, I know. I don't want to go into that right now. I just that's until we find out itself, more. Yeah. Uh, the Grand Wagoneer L. Mm. It looks absolutely ungainly. I know the interior is fantastic and it's got an amazing drivetrain, but it, to look at the vehicle from the side, which is about the well, actually larger, I believe, than a Suburban. The Chevy Suburban is a cohesive design that looks like it was carefully thought out. When I look at a Grand Wagoneer L, it looks like a stretched vehicle that has tiny wheels and it just doesn't look balanced. That's my issue, especially from the side. It's all visual. And also I don't think it's gonna off-road very well. It's just too bloody massive. Yeah, I think I think they need to kind of pare down the Grand Cherokee, the Wagoneer, and the Grand Wagoneer into maybe two vehicles instead of six. Right? I know. I keep, I, I keep harping on. It. I'm going to stop harping on it. I think they know that, that that's an issue. Um, you know, right now, like these seven passenger, three row, um, big ass American vehicles are having a moment in the sun for some reason, right? Everybody's like they had ha for a while. They have. Yeah, and so I, I get that they're really kind of tripling down on them, but you're right. It's maybe too much. I think I agree with you. They should pare down. I, I don't mind them keeping the vehicles, but they need to kind of cut down on the. Um, and the Wrangler is starting to feel a little bit old. Yeah, it's getting close to getting a redesign. And remember, we got an electric Wrangler coming out. A bunch of other things. I think the Bronco made it. Made it. Uh, That's made very it kind of true. Age faster than. Which reminds me, we got to go to Ford. Okay. Um, now I was going to put on the Bronco Sport because I love it, but I put on the Mustang instead because the Mustang is freaking incredible. Because Mustang's the answer. 
Everything Mustang. Really? <laughs> Mustangs are Not just... Not Miata, guys. Mustang. <laughs> the Ford Mustang is, as much as I love the Challenger, as much as I love the Camaro. Uh, I and think Ford's just like got all these vehicles. You could pick, like, there's five of them you could easily. A Raptor R, mm-hmm. right? Maverick, Bronco Sport, uh... Lightning, and the one I think I would pick is the Bronco. You can't deny that the Bronco is a superstar. Right? Yeah, everybody I, in the world wants a Bronco. They're still selling above sticker, even two years past you know when they were introduced at this point. So the Ford Mustang and Bronco are definitely the posi- <coughs> positives. Pardon me. Uh, so the Ford EcoSport, and it's going away. So that's all good news. Yeah, I agree. The yeah. EcoSport was was a stillbirth in many ways, and perhaps should not have been sold in the United States the way it was sold. There was a, there was they a big rush to compete with like the Renegade, and you know, right. But but they made a lot of mistakes, and and you know I'm sure that the bean counters deliberately did things to make this vehicle and, and handicap it essentially. Or they did, or they they didn't do things to make it competitive. They well, just that's, kind of brought it in. Yeah, and just got oh that's okay, uh, you know, and it just didn't work out. Um, now we're on Kia. The Telluride is by far their best vehicle, as far as I'm concerned. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's, I think it's even probably better than you know the Hyundai Cousin. Yeah, the Palisade. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, I think uh, it is better. Wise, it's a little bit more rugged, I think, which is what I like. But what's weird and the negative is the Sorento. 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 I said Sorento. Sorrento. Sorrento. Sorry, guys. Um, Sorrentos are weird because they kind of sit in this ether. They do have a third row. But they're not as capable, comfortable, or frankly, as good looking as, as the Telluride. Telluride. Yeah. And the pricing, they, live in the of the Telluride. they do. And but the pricing's so close. It's it's like, well, you could get a Telluride for this price, bro. So why would you get the Sorento? So I, I think the GT um, EV6 is also very good. It is. I'm, I'm going to go. Drive have you G- noticed that I haven't included many EVs in this I list? Noticed. I'm going to go drive the GT version of it on Wednesday because I hate you. <laughs> okay, so let's continue. Um, the next one on our list is uh, Land Rover, Range Rover, and I'm just going to straight out say the best thing is the Defender. There, it, it's not even a question. If you do, if you question me, you're wrong. It's an amazing vehicle. It looks great. But it I'm drives wrong, great. I disagree. You're so wrong. Uh-huh. It's. I think it's just got the street presence. Mm-hmm. I loved the three that we had, even though it was only supposed to be one of them. Um, I, I would say the best one is the new Range Rover by far. Mm-hmm. And I have that on the list as the worst. Oh, and the new Range Rover is... No, I have the Evoque. It's the worst. Yeah, Evoque is getting old It's just now. because it's old. And, just and the Velar is also kind of yeah. like a weird size. But here's the problem with the Defender, all right? Um, and I, I hear... I'm going to use the word parroting because that's what I hear. I hear British, once again, this is very, like, colonial. Uh, British are parroting the fact that it's the greatest off-roader. It is by far, by far not the greatest off-roader. I can name three off-roaders immediately that will like like wipe the floor with it and this is the problem in a nutshell it's a great design it's a really capable crossover slash suv it's not so good off-road it just isn't it, it, i for think what it's the defender, decent what the i defender, would call it decent off-road. i would say it's it's at best mediocre for, for what the defender should be and for what it really is is it's disappointing and that's where like i get in the thing and it's got all the off-road cues right you know, the, the exposed screws, right, the material that is very rugged, uh, the way that the design, like, just 
you know, pulls you into the Serengeti mm -hmm. uh, and then you get it off road and like, you know, like immediately like the air suspension is, is slow and, you know, doesn't necessarily get you enough ground clearance to go over big obstacles. Oh, I think it gives you lots the, of the ground. The tires are absolute the, the tires crap. And absolute wheels. crap from the factory. Yes, that's, that's the biggest if, issue. If you want a locking rear diff, they don't even offer a locking rear diff unless you get this like on-road performance package, right? They don't even mm. like, the, there's no locking front diff that you can get. Don't ask me why. And, you know, like, like, like all the all the trappings of an off-roader are there. So you can get a ladder, but you can't get a front locker. You know what I mean? And then it becomes show instead of go. And that's smart from a Land Rover point of view because it's selling like hotcakes. Because let's face it, the people who are buying these things are taking them from L.A. to Tahoe. They're not taking them up red cone like we did, right? Although I have seen lots of people off-road them. No, but the, not only guy knows, the only guy I know. And we haven't driven the 90 yet, and the 90 is even better off-road because it has better approach, departure, and break-over angle. Have a, you're not even in the conversation if you don't have a front locker as a serious off-roader. Well, There's now, no conversation. Okay, okay. So... I agree with you that it there are other vehicles outperforming, but I've taken it off road. I'll tell you and three that really I, I, would, I would take off road immediately over it if I was seriously off road. Yeah, I would do the Wrangler. Obviously, I would do the Bronco. No front locker, not unless you get the. the yeah, high, they have it though. One. You can get it. You can get it, but but, but they, you can't get one, and so it's available. And for the cost of a front locker, in our, our let's just let's just talk about that. Mm -hmm. Our first edition Bronco was sixty three thousand dollars. Yeah, you're not going to get a Defender for sixty three thousand. Period. Uh, well, you can get it in ninety for around. That. I don't think anymore. I think we bought the cheapest one there was, and that was like in the fifty five. But back then, the ninety wasn't available. But but I'm saying you, you can't get it anymore. The, the prices have gone up. So you for the cost of a. Uh, Bronco, right, mm -hmm. with a front locker, you can't even get start a starting price of a Defender or barely can get into it. And I would also get a 4Runner. I think a 4Runner is much better off-road. Okay. So uh, I'm going to pull up and pick up my wife and take her out to a nice dinner. Just like take I got old friend. No, no, no. I agree. Take the Defender. Yeah. Or I'm going to go cross-country, take the Defender. Or I want to go and just kind of be a little bit of a baller when I go and see some of my old buddies. So am I going to pull up in a forerunner that is older than Tommy, or am I going to pull You're up in a really fancy, good-looking... You are absolutely correct. So this is the aesthetics part of it. And then off-roading, it is a really good off-roader that could be better with the right it's tires really and wheels. Good. It's mediocre. I think it's really good. No, it's not. Oh, I think it, it, you jack it all the way up and no, you can get your approach it, and departure. It's, it's not because the air suspension... I hate to say this, but we've had the same problem with our Hummer EV. I think air suspension, air, yeah, they're not air, great. Air suspension is not great off-road. But you don't need to get that. Not anymore, but before you did. If, no, if, it was, no, it, it came, uh, even no, for day no, one, no, it came with a no, steel suspension. No, you could get it, it did, not in America. It, no, yes, no, it I did. promise you, I went through. The, I, I went online and, and no, I, was, I no, outfitted no, one. No, no, you couldn't, Nathan. I went through and bought it and configured it in America. The first year of production, all Defenders had air suspension. And then they went the second year and said, now you can get the steel springs. But okay. when we bought them, they all had air suspension. But the point is, is that you can get it with the steel suspension, you meaning can. that you don't have to deal with the air suspension, meaning that. Meaning you can't jack it up. Well, so yeah, okay, no lift kits. Look, we're we're, we're belaboring this, right? Because it's, it's it's also independent. It's not. Yeah, the know, independent suspension is know, a Steve, big no no for a lot of off roaders, and I would agree with that. So, so our friend Let, Steve, right, at Landover, here, uh, he uh, jacks them up, but he does a body lift. It's like oh, thirty thousand, and, and he co it costs a fortune to do. Yes. I wouldn't do that personally. Okay, keep going. Okay. Anyway, we so, disagree on that one. Yeah, we do. Um, I love the car. Don't get me wrong. I love the car. I just mediocre off road. That's okay. All. Lincoln. Uh, I'm going to say their best vehicle currently is the Navigator. I think it's just the most representative of the brand because they're selling the most of them. Um, but then on the negative side, I'm going to say the Aviator because the Aviator essentially is a nicer uh, Ford Explorer. 
So that's why I have that on the list. I don't have a lot to say about it, and we haven't had any was, navigators in a while. I was just in a Continental, believe it or not. Remember that? Yeah? Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It's okay. But I kind of missed the Continental. You mean, you mean the, uh, cor- uh, the Corsair? No, the Continental went away. Oh, the Continental. Oh, you mean yeah. Lincoln Continental? Yeah, Continental. Yeah. Oh, away. yeah. Those have been gone for a while. Yeah, it, was, it was a it was a it was a uh, livery, right? It was a it was a limo, right? Right. So they had one, and uh, I kind of missed it. It was kind of cool. Remember they did the one with the doors? The, yeah, the doors and yeah. all that. Apparently, they had some real issues, and and they just didn't want to deal with it. Uh, Lincoln is another one of those brands where it's like they've got one real vehicle propping them up, and that Based would be on the, the Navigator. <laughs> yeah, um, Lucid. Nah. They just do parking lot drives, so we're not going to talk about them. Um, no, Mas- I'll, talk, I'll talk about Lucid. But there's no there's no two vehicles to talk about. There's only one, and it's not great. And the reason it's not great is for some reason they decided to build a sedan when nobody's buying sedans. Don't ask me why. Like like I think the CEO of Lucid, who came out of Tesla, wanted to give like a you know uh, the middle finger to Mr. Musk, and which he'd managed to do. This car, his right, car is better. It's, it's it's better. It's it's better. It's better than a Model S. But who cares? Like it's better than a car that nobody buys. What's the point? Why? Well, they're go- sold out. No, they they're can, not. No, oh, no, no. Yeah, the, the, the last story last week was that if you jump off the list, they call you 14 times trying to get back you on the list. Okay, so they the, are not sold out, Nathan. They they were saying hundred sixty thousand dollars sedan not sold out. Okay, um, I as far as I know that they they were on they're, a roll. They're but. starting to get you know. They're starting to reach like the the the, the amount of people who want one hundred sixty thousand dollars sedans. Okay, now speaking of sedans and whatnot, is Mazda. Mazda is one of the few car Ooh, companies that's still building sedans. Couple of them. Um, I think we all agree that CX fifty is pretty interesting. I like the CX thirty. Yeah, they're they're and they're cousins right. in terms of like they're a little bit more off roady. Yeah, in terms I like of the, the way C- they I'd look. Go with the CX thirty. Okay, thirty. I like the fifty. And, and which is the worst one's easy. Yeah, and then the worst one is the three. But the three is a really no, good. No, 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 no. The all electric MX thirty is that the MX thirty? Oh, I didn't even include that on this list. <laughs> yes, it was so with horrible. The, with like thirty. Whatever it is, like fifty miles of range. I think it's MX thirty. I, I don't. It's the one with the with the uh, uh, suicide doors, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it does, it, it's supposed it to have was, a range extender that didn't right, come. which is supposed to be a rotary, and that's coming yeah. out next year. It's not even really uh, on the register, so to speak. Yeah, I think and they, they know they screwed up. Yeah, they did that as as a like they had to do it. They didn't do it because well, they they really wanted to build this range extending little car, and they. Almost had it done, and then they it was couldn't. Be a rotary, they, right? Right, right, right. I, do, I think they sell it with a range extender in Europe. They might, well, they're not selling them here yeah, with the range extender, and without that, a car is almost useless because it, it the, the eighty mileage, miles of range. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's or it's 90. worse. It's it's basically the same as my daughter's old Nissan Leaf. Um, but I don't want to sit there and belabor that. Let's go on to uh, Mercedes Benz. Did we talk? We talked about Nissan, right? Oh, the other one I wanted to mention on Nissan well, is, is a... Well, Nissan's after the M's. Oh, so we haven't gotten there. Okay, no. we got to get this. we got six minutes. I'm trying to okay. push it along, Roman. Right. Sorry. Uh, Mercedes-Benz GLS is my favorite. That's the big, bad uh, SUV crossover. No, that's a new SL for me. Okay, new SL for you. Um, both have fantastic powertrains, though. You know though. why? Because a new SL is a sports car again. It's actually yeah, but nobody likes sedans. Everybody hates sedans. Riot against sedans. Who would buy a sedan? It's not a, the SL, oh, the, the, the sports car. Oh, the, the you SL. know what I mean? The, uh, yeah, the, nobody <laughs> wants that either, though. No, they do. No, they don't. Yeah, no, they, they don't. They're not selling very many of them. I guarantee it. Nine Elevens are sold out. Nine Elevens are different. We're going to get there in a minute. <laughs> All right. Okay, so <laughs> then we're on to. Oh, by the way, EQB. I don't like. I know you do. We have it here now. Uh, it's just it has no range for for the price that you're paying. Right, they they didn't make it. They take it just it, needs a bit. I mean, it can't a, compete with that. They battery. took a GLB and made it electric. Right, okay. I, I don't I don't get that. So they they need more range in a vehicle okay. like that. Otherwise, it's all right. Uh, Mini, I say the Countryman PHEV. I see, the electric one by far. 
The one we own. That was a great one. I hate it. Okay. It has no range. It has no range. 14 miles of range. Not enough. As a city car, it's fine. It's fine as a city car. It's also the one that sold out. Well, you go cross country in that thing and you're not going to make it. And it doesn't have fast charging. You're right about all that, but it was also the cheapest electric car you could buy for a while. For a little while. Which was cool. Okay. Now, speaking of the cheapest electric car, we're moving on to Mitsubishi. Well, not electric. They don't build it anymore. Uh, The Outlander, and you drove the PHEV. Yep. I find that a fascinating vehicle. It has a lot of interesting tech. 30 miles of electric range. Right, which is really good. And this is a vehicle that has seating. Technically speaking, you could put in seven people in there. Seven, some of them small. Um, it actually has good cargo space. It looks pretty interesting, and the interior is fantastic. And the, the tech on it is remarkable for Mitsubishi. I'm with you. I, I think that's our best one. Okay. Um, the Mirage G4, that's the Mirage sedan. Uh, for a while, it was the cheapest car you could buy in America. And it's still one of the least expensive cars. Nissan came and well, took that crown away. No, I, I think they're fighting right now for it, which is funny because Nissan is sort of the parent company over at uh, Mitsubishi. Moving on to Nissan, though. Nissan owns, get this, 34% of Mitsubishi. Right. I knew that. And because I told you. Yes. They did tell you that. And uh, hopefully, they'll, I think they're actually, Mitsubishi is moving slightly in the right direction. Let's hope they continue. Nissan, without a doubt, the Z. Oh, without a doubt. Fantastic. Fantastic. With magic. I mean, yeah, it's not perfect, but sometimes imperfect things are kind of perfect. Uh, Here's an imperfect thing that's going away soon and something that's negative on this list, and that's the Maxima, which was a wasted opportunity. I would go with the Aria. Aria is their electric car that's finally rolling out, but it's too little too late. It's about two years too late. It's about two, yeah. They're, yeah. Like, they're like one generation of electric car behind it. This I point. don't know what the hell the hang-up was. Uh, they needed to get that car out way earlier. And now it's competing against vehicles that are far it, less expensive. It, it charges slowly. It's like 130, where like the Ionic is 250. And I as know. we know by doing the Cannonball, it's all about charging speeds when it comes to electric vehicles. Agree 100% on that. Um, but I still say the Maxima was a wasted opportunity. I'm hoping they'll bring the name back with a interesting car in the future. And make it a rear-wheel drive, please. Speaking of rear-wheel drive yes. and all-wheel drive, the Porsche 911 is definitely the plus when it comes to Porsche. And then the Cayenne is a negative. Really? People still love it, especially the new GT4 RS. People are all over the moon on that one. Fully, I say. But <laughs> right. the 911 is uh, a perfect car. Yeah, Porsche. It is, it is perfection. Which would you get that, the Dakar? That new off-roader? Yeah, I'd, I would love to get that, but I'd, you know, because I'm realistic, I, just the you, regular. You don't have 225000 No, exactly. I don't have it. Unless you give me a big raise, Plus Roman. Plus $50,000 in uh, dealer markup. Yeah, and not to mention the, the, the how much my divorce would cost. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if Porsche has a bad car. Uh, the Cayenne is kind of it always lived in the shadow of the 911. I'll give you that. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think the Panamera is kind of eh. I think the Taycan. You're thinking of the Cayman. No, I'm thinking of the Panamera. Okay. No, the Panamera is a four-door yeah. sedan, and I think it lives in the shadow now of the Taycan, right, which is also a four-door sedan. Mm-hmm. So we'll go for the electric one as opposed to the gasoline-powered one. That's all I'm saying. Moving on to Subaru, or who I like to call Subaru Who? Who? Then, I don't know. Okay. Uh, they don't give us cars, so we're not on the list. Uh, Tesla. Tesla's in trouble, man. Tesla, Musk is screwing around with Twitter. Oh. And Tesla, te- I keep saying this. The Tesla, negative, it's it's a lot te- more negative than positive. Tesla now. just, you know, new cars is the lifeblood of any car company. And they've got 
Nothing. They've got the Cybertruck, which they've been now building for the last four what is, years. Four years, yeah. and maybe finally it'll come out next year. But outside of that, I think people are getting really bored of the Model S, which has been around. Let's face it, for twelve years now. Yeah, about that. Yeah, the Model Three, which is now getting to be what five years old. Right. And the Model Y, just I see so many of them. I'm already bored of them. Yeah, and the, one of the issues is not enough colors on the palette, not enough designs. Exactly. Yeah. They all look the same, and yeah. it, it, they are a little bit on the board. And the thing is, is that the tech now has been surpassed by a lot of other automakers. Do you want and your Tesla to be stagnant. black, white, or red, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, it just, yeah it, I thought I saw oh, blue. Oh, there's a gray, there's a gray a blue, as yeah. well. That's six colors, yeah. But it, it's really, it's a shame because, I mean, underneath that car, a lot of cool tech. They're not building Look, the, up on the, it. The tech is by far the best. Yes. Tesla leads the way in tech. I'm not, I can't fault them for that. But in build quality, mm, not so much. And variety. Variety is an issue. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're got, about to get trounced. Okay, moving on just to the last two, uh, or three. Uh, Toyota, very simple. Corolla GR. Yeah, I agree. What a hot little thing. Yeah. Um, and then the Crown, I think, is... I actually saw the Crown in person at the Auto show. I liked it. I, was, I, I don't mind the looks. Person. Have you sat in it? Tommy no, couldn't no, fit it was, the back on, seat. It, was, it was on the it was rotating on the road. Tommy sat in one in the back seat and he couldn't fit. Yeah. I like the crown. Once again, it's the it's the the back design, as good as it looks, and it looks pretty good. It is a useless design because the one thing the crown took over was the Avalon, a very comfortable car for people in the back seat. Now you have the crown, crown is uncomfortable in the back seat. Period. It it just is. So they kind of screwed that up. All right. Moving on. Uh by the way, yes, we did miss Lexus because no, no, we did mention Lexus. We did mention Lexus. Okay, sorry. Okay. Uh, Volvo. Uh, C40 Electric. Uh, we recently had one. Tommy adored it. I thought it was okay. Um, the, I think they're doing really good electric stuff. But the XC60, which was a brute. It's getting old. And it's getting a little old. I mean, the, the, they need to figure out something to do with the design. Yeah, the XC90, you know, better. XC60, boring, old. You're right. Okay, finally, we're going to wrap this up with Volkswagen. Uh, GTI still king. It's the best thing they no, build. No, GTI is not the best thing they build. What what are the uh, best? ID Buzz. I think that's got the most. Well, yeah, but we haven't driven one yet. Yes, but so that's I why saw I, it at the auto show. I would yeah, love one of those. You can smell the paint too, but it doesn't. Most of these vehicles we either have driven or at least sat in. Did you uh, sit I, in the Buzz? Oh yeah. yeah okay. I crawled okay. all over it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all over. Yeah. Way cool. I love it. The worst one by far is ID Four. Yep, ID4 is, is on this. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a horrible car. It's just that the IP and the instrumentation is a bit of an issue. Its range is fine. It drives pretty nice. But it, it, it Volkswagen really needs to figure this out and, like, rapidly. Yeah, they, they need will. to figure out the technology. Yeah, it's just right away. Because like right they're, away. they're moving to all electric, and they've said it 100 times. Here's an example, which is crazy. So, you know, Electrify America, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is owned by Volkswagen. You know, right. ID4s don't do plug-in charge? I don't understand any of that. How, does that, how do you, how do you own, commu own Who's company? communicating there? Nine-year-olds? I mean, come you, on, you guys. You plug-in charges, right? You just pull up and plug it in, and it charges, and it bills you, right? Right. Volkswagens don't do plug-in charge Which on, doesn't on make their any own network. What the hell? And also... Which just, speaks to their tech. And the charging speed isn't up where it should be, especially for a company that owns fast chargers. There's a lot of issues that need to be wrapped up with this car to make it competitive. The one benefit is that it is one of the ID4 is one of the least expensive electric vehicles you can get with all-wheel drive. Yes, I think they're once again going toward volume versus like you know, like 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 performance or 
or uh, finesse or well, styling or well, or fun to drive. I could keep yeah, going. Yeah, it's and I think they can get there. And, and Roman and I have said this in many other podcasts. The the, the ID Buzz should have been built. There's no excuse. It should it just, be here. It yeah. should be here. And maybe the ID Four comes out later on as like a little budget. You know, or even the ID Three. I think the ID Three is it's actually cooler looking yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. that's not coming here because not enough people care about hatchbacks. That's yeah. according to Volkswagen Volkswagen folks. Yeah. So. Whatever. Uh, the point is, is that that is the list. What we want you guys to do is in the comments below, please let us know what you think belongs on this list, or perhaps if you agree or disagree with us. Probably, More importantly, we, if you agree with me. We probably missed some winners and losers, but that's Yeah, okay. we probably did. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, really, really, truly believe that out of all these vehicles on the list, I'm right about most of them, and the 911 is the finest car ever built. There it is. All right. Well, I got you, a, you, you heard it here. You need a big bonus to get into the uh, lineup, just for the lineup for the 911. I know, I know, right? The, well, the, the, I hear Moto Man's buying one, so I'm going to try to sneak into his place and try to get my hands on one. See you guys next time. See you Ciao. guys. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.